What is the appropriate way to use incognito then if I didn't use it right when describing how the tactical games express their, their workouts? Like you want to be able to, what? <laughs> well, I think I need to know what you were trying to say first. What I was trying to say is that like, if I want to know, like I'll see some like B-roll on IG or on social, like on, um, you know, or on YouTube where it's like, you kind of see some stuff, but it's not very clear, like what the actual event is like. And, and maybe I'm just tripping, but it's like, you, know, you see some like sandbag movement, you see in the background, like a rope climbing, but there's no distinct, like, Hey, this is the event. This is how they transition through it. It's almost like uh it's, it's like moderately a secret. I saw at one point people are shooting with one hand. Um, uh, isn't that the term? Like, it's kind of like incognito, like kind of like underground, like, like low key, like you gotta, me, know, you, you gotta know if you know type of thing. Yeah. I guess that's the right use of incognito. Um, let's, let's see what the actual definition is. I mean, we're not trying to be like a spy or something. Like, I mean, I guess that would be like incognito, like you, you know, dressing in all black, hiding against the wall or something. Dude, so this is pretty funny. And I'm going to see if I can turn my computer around and you might be able to see it. This is so ridiculous. Watch. Let me see. What is that? Is that what animal is that? Is that a cow? It's a baby cow. <laughs> I have my door open because it's really nice outside and it's like quiet out here. And it's pretty ridiculous that we're recording this podcast and there's just like a baby cow right outside. Anyway, if anyone's watching the video, I think that's pretty interesting. Hey, we don't have, I, I don't have baby cows right here, but not your usual podcast studio. No, I don't know. So what's the definition? Did you pull up the definition? Of yeah. Baby? Yeah. So, um, an assumed or false identity. Uh, if you're talking about a person, it's, uh, someone having one's true identity concealed. Uh, well, that didn't play into this, but okay. Well, I, 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 low key, like they keep it low key. And I agree with you though, because I follow the tactical games on Instagram and you're right. Like, you know, you follow the rogue invitational, for example, and like, they're constantly like announcing the events, like here are the details, here's this stuff. Like ever since we've talked about, like, you know, I know you're like committed to doing one. I really want to do one. Just kind of need to see how it fits. Like I've been doing a lot of research to see like, what type of events do they do? Like what has, what have they done in past events? That's actually what, before you hit record, you know, the national championship that was this past weekend was right here in Texas. Obviously Texas, a big state. So it was here in Texas, but it was actually pretty far away from me, but I really wanted to go because I've actually been having a pretty tough time, like finding out like, okay, I, I get the concept you're mixing fitness with marksmanship. I know there's sandbags. I've seen like rope climb kind of stuff. There's a like strongman type implements, but I haven't been able to find anywhere. Like what is like an example of an event or yeah. what is an example of like a weekend collection of events? So I, I, I know what you meant. I was just giving you a hard time because well, I don't think it was the right use of incognito, but yeah. They, so they, shout out to Jacob Hepner for winning this weekend, who was on the right. podcast two episodes ago. So if you want to know all things like scoring and we were just kind of like riffing with him about the tactical games, go back to that episode. But it seems like kind of like CrossFit back in the day, you think like almost like it's not random, but like very unknown. I think like this year, for example, they had shots up to like 650 yards, which I guess they had never done before. Hmm. That's far. That is far. That that's yeah, that's far. So anyways, Hey, shout out to Jacob Hepner and, uh, you know, tactical games, stop being so incognito on the events and just start like <laughs> spelling out for us layman exactly what they are and, and, and why they are that way. And I actually see some momentum getting behind that type of event 
Um, obviously, the Rogue Invitational came off. You know, we talked about that last week. But, um, you know, a lot of these type of events are coming up. And I think that the the sport of fitness is expanding in a, in a other ways. Like, I think tactical games, like a, not a spinoff of CrossFit, but it's like a, I mean, it surely has attributes. And I wonder what others are going to pop up. Like, think about it. High Rocks, right? Um, High Rocks came up. Tactical games came up. What else came up that you would say is like a a, a a version of CrossFit just in a different lens? I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, you know, you talk about this all the time, but I think there 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 has definitely been a movement for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and combat sports. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's one of those things. And bodybuilding style training that's a huge one, and I think that that was one of the first ones. Like Marcus Philly really. No, I don't think bodybuilding, like the sport has grown, but like yeah. people that did CrossFit for a very long time, shifting to that type of training, I guess. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I think that while CrossFit, you know, was a sport for many and that there were all these weekend comps and whatever, that for example, a lot of people that are shifting towards Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, as an example, I don't think everyone is really competing they're going, they're taking classes, there's roles, but I don't think that there's the same culture in some of these other sports as there was in the early days of CrossFit where like, I mean, you remember like everyone at the gym did Dude. weekend comps or did throwdowns or everyone, right? Like it was, it was everyone, it was especially cause they were always scale divisions. Like, it, like it was like, you go and you throw down, even if you have to like, you know, do the scale or you can't do some movements. Um, but I think that that's different in some of these other sports. I think that people that actually go out of their way to compete are, you know, a little bit more, not serious about it, but it, it's, it's more of a smaller percentage. Yeah. I mean, there is a bigger barrier to entry too. So like, I'm glad that's you brought true. this up. This is a, this is very interesting that you brought this up this last week and we had the fall flex off at NC fit. And so it's an annual throwdown that we do. And in this particular case, there was a adjusted division and a, and a, you know, I guess performance or normal division RX and then adjusted. And it was teams of three. I believe all of them were two male, one female, or you at least had to have one female on your team. So there was a few teams that were three females and, uh, do these guys, they threw down, man. It was great. We had like a hundred and something competitors and then you had like another hundred and something spectators. And it was just the vibes were right. And one of the things that was interesting is I was giving like a very brief speech thanking uh, Frankie and the team for putting on all the, all the work. Like it, this was not my event. This was Frankie's event and the team's event. So I didn't want to steal their thunder. But when we were taking a picture, I just wanted to uh, express my appreciation to them, but also express my appreciation to the athletes. I asked them, I said, hey, when raise your hand if you haven't competed in something physical in like many years, like maybe even ever. And uh, dude, you should have seen the amount of hands that went up. I mean, it is fascinating as adults, how often, even out of high school, you never really compete again in anything physical, right? I mean, you might do physical stuff, you might throw down, but when's the last time you actually competed? And um, I just think that like, you heard from people, the value they got out of it, because I mean, I saw some people just go complete ham, like just went crazy, bro. And they, they allowed their nerves to overcome them or they like, there was so many lessons. I'm sure when they look back on it, be like, dude, I could have done that and that and that better. But if they hadn't put themselves like as the man in the arena, they would have never been able to experience that. So I gave them a shout out because I thought that was really powerful. 
Yeah, man. And it's always been a really cool thing about like the sport and the culture early on, the fact that it encourages people to participate in this level of stuff that like they never would have otherwise. Cause there's people that, you know, we'll go out there and do a triathlon. We'll go out there and sign up for a race, you know, are, yeah, are constantly doing those things. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the, the CrossFit community, especially early on, I do think was uniquely special at encouraging people of all levels and like really like, you know, celebrating the fact that people will throw down, even if like they didn't have all the skills yet or yeah. they weren't super strong yet. Right. Like there was this really cool kind of inclusive element of like, dude, just sign up and get after it. Um, I do think, however, like most things, and we've talked about this in the past, it ends up being a, a double-edged sword a little bit because then, you know, people that originally signed up or joined a gym for fitness yeah. start ever like they're looking to compete every single weekend and uh, do as many tests as possible. And one thing that I've really appreciated about how I've shifted my training now and just like, I think like more bodybuilding strength training in general is the fact that like you have to delay the gratification of constantly testing and like put in a very good amount of work to get there. And I think that that also comes with just time of training, but I mean, I used to be someone that like, you know, if you told me to do a lift, it was like, all right, I'm maxing out. I'm maxing out. Yeah. Um, That's interesting, dude. Like how almost in CrossFit you're, you're, it would have been better. I wonder if you didn't. So like, we don't really leaderboard. Right. But I wonder if it would have been, I mean, that was part of the culture, but like, imagine if you only leaderboarded like, Cause you're right. Like that delayed gratification provides so much value. We talked about this in one of the never zero newsletter. If you're not a subscriber to the never zero newsletter and you listen to this podcast, you have to subscribe to the never zero newsletter. It's in the podcast show notes, but we were telling this idea that like, if you get something, you didn't have to work for it. It doesn't mean as much. And, but if you put in weeks or months to, to accomplish a goal, it has a lot more meaning to it. And I wonder just from like a leaderboard perspective, I mean, this is kind of like a tangential, like, I don't know if they're exactly the same thing, but in CrossFit every day, you put up your score. So it made like your scores just kind of like, I don't know, some people get always overstressed out or whatever, but I wonder if you just like every quarter had like something you were working towards, if it actually would have been more, uh, a better retention tool than doing it every day, who knows? Like the culture was set. It is what it is, but I don't leaderboard much at all. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's, there's benefits to it. And I think that it also all depends on where you are in your training journey and how long you've been doing any type of training. Cause I think that for new people, it's an awesome benefit. It's an awesome pro, right? Because, you know, for a lot of people that just get started, some of the bigger picture goals of like changing their body composition, like clothes fitting different, whatever, it's going to take a little while. But the nice thing is that like, you know, especially in the beginning in two weeks, you can do something that you couldn't do. And that encourages people to keep coming back in. They're like, man, when I came in, like, you know, like back squatting 135 was like impossible. Now I have 185 on my back. I'm doing it for five, super motivating. You want to come back in, you want to start racking those wins. And that's what I think made CrossFit so successful in the beginning. But, you know, people drank the Kool-Aid and then it became like, you know, why am I not PRing every time? And people yeah. get frustrated and they're like, they blame the programming and they just like, they keep switching things up instead of just realizing the fact that like, Hey, you're going to get diminishing returns on this stuff. Newbie gains or newbie gains. Now you need to put in like, 
know, a couple months of work and you might see like a five, 10 pound increase. You might get to the point where like you are now, for example, that like, you're probably never going to PR again, but that's okay. Like you have to look at your training different. It's a daunting, it's a daunting note to say what you just said, although it is accurate. I am probably, exactly, I am probably never going to PR anything again when it comes to like CrossFit fitness. That's right. And that's okay. Right. I could PR on the mats. I could PR on the tactical games. I could PR in other areas. I could PR as a dad. I could PR as a husband, but I sure as hell can't PR. I'm never going to snatch 300 pounds again. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not. And, and why do you, but, but that's the thing. Like, why do you need to, right? Well, I don't, I don't, but exactly you know, a hard pill to swallow, right? Where you say, cause I think everybody wants to have this linear progression in their life on all areas, right? Naturally, you want to make more money. You want to, you know, create more wealth. You want to like, all these things. Right. And then all of a sudden you look at your fitness, you're like, you want to create this linear path. And for so many years it was linear. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> like, but that's part of the game, man. And that's what you have to, that's what you have to identify other things that give you solace or like, like your why behind your training. Otherwise you'll go crazy, dude, because like just genetically, you're not going to be able to do that for the rest of your life. You can't and I, I've snatching 300 pounds. And, and I love what you just said about like, there's different areas of your life that you're constantly trying to excel and they're not all going to be linear because the, the way I think about that is that like in the beginning in fitness, like it's going to take a little bit of effort to make big improvements. And then like, if you get to your point, like if you did say, you know, you had to like get stronger than you ever had in like a specific lift, it would take so much time, energy, focus, and discipline for you to do it. I think you could probably do it. Like if it was like, Hey, Jason, you have six months and you absolutely, you have to life depends on it. Like snatch heavier than you ever have. You could probably do it but it would require you to sacrifice so much in so many other areas of your life. And I think that that's kind of the trade-off that people need to think about because there gets a point where like you've excelled enough in one area and it's going to require a huge effort to keep making like small progress where you can find these other areas where you can still get more of like, you know, kind of a one-to-one -one ratio of effort you put in and results you get back. Yeah. And that I think combined with like just having a real honest look at to where your priorities are, I think will help you use like the time that you do have most efficiently. Well, I mean, if you think about like in cross, you have like gymnastics, weightlifting and monostructural, and you'd always look at those three categories and say, Hey, where do I need to make gains at? And I think for a lot of people in the gym, they understood that it was really black and white. Like I could, I could do a, I could deadlift, a, you know, 600 pounds, but I can't walk on my hands. Okay. Well, I know where I need to work. Um, but in life, it doesn't work like that. It's not gymnastics, weightlifting, monostructural. It's it's family, business, fitness. And you got to kind of, you know, play with these levers. And you can't just have one lever always ramped up because the other ones will go away and you have to be able to balance them. I mean, if you're not showing up in the gym, you're not going to show up as well for your family. But if you're not showing up for your family, like, what are you even doing? It just, it's like this balancing act. And I think I just did a couple of clip about this and it released today when we we're recording this and uh, it was about elliptical talk and it was about Joe Gigantino just inspiring me on success for him was always being able to go to every one of his kids games indefinitely and bring his family. That was success because he had the independence from a time perspective. He had the wealth to be able to take his family anywhere he wanted to go to any game and his son and, you know, family ended up playing in college. 
he went to every one of his son's football games and brought the entire family. Now that to him was success because he had the freedom and the means and the dedication to be able to go do that. And that, that, was, that really hit home for me. So I just did a couple of clip on it. If you miss it, it was called elliptical talk. But uh, anyways, not to go off on a tangent, but that was just what came up. And something I'm really, really thinking about right now is like, what does success look like? And that to me is success because it requires you to do so many other things in your life to be able to get to that point, right? If you're, if you're not thriving at your job, if you're not creating strong relationships, if you're not doing all these things, you wouldn't be able to get up and fly your whole family somewhere because you wouldn't have a family to be doing it with. And then you wouldn't have the financial means because you haven't been working hard. You know, it's just, a, it's a, it's a cycle. Provide baby, provide. It's a big yeah, deal, dude, man. It, it is. And I think that that one just in particular, like, I, I think the reason why it hits so hard for me now is just because my kids are so involved in sports. Like literally I didn't realize until this year just how much sports play a role in your life as you get older with your kids. Like I used to hear about like, Oh, I'm driving all around. And you'd be like, eh, really? But now it's like, dude, between all the sports and all the camps and all the clubs and all the things, I mean, that's all you're doing. And you know, if you're not working hard, you wouldn't be able to show up at these events. So you got to be able to find that balance. I think is really important. Yeah, man. I can't wait to coach literally. Bro, I'll tell you a story from yesterday. So yesterday was Caden's Caden's soccer team. So full disclosure, Caden is on a recreational <laughs> soccer team, not comp. He's on a 10U team. He's nine. Soccer is probably not going to be his sport. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. He there, there is there is a significant difference in the way he looks on the field than the other kids. I mean, it, it is. It's, 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 it's just, there's a difference and he uses his body in space. He does a great job, but I don't think it's going to be a sport. I, this is him telling me this. It's so funny, anyway. just not to cut you off, but it's funny. Cause there's definitely also a significant difference in the parents that are watching this game, AKA you and everyone else. <laughs> so I don't think it's very difficult. Like if you were to just like pop up at one of these soccer games, you probably watch the game and be like that kid, that guy, those two. <laughs> You, you actually, as are kid, somehow related as the kids get older, you could definitely start pinpointing. We got some hard charging dads on the team though. But, um, anyways, so, uh, do we gone the whole season and, uh, this is the final game. So they are currently 11 and Oh, as of yesterday. And this was a championship game trophies on the line. Like it was a thing. There was tons of people there, dude. I mean, there was like, there was probably like, 200 parents watching this game. I mean, it's a under 10 recreational league championship game and it was cracking. And, uh, Caden was playing goalie. He was, he was originally playing like a uh, defense and he was playing goalie and he allowed, uh, you know, he allowed two goals to go by. Right. And it was tough. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. It wasn't, uh, the best moment. Right. It was, it was tough for him. And so they finished the game and, uh, they lost three, one. And so the game gets done and, uh, you know, in his mind, he felt like he lost the game for the team. Like that's what he thought. And so one of the boys was like, said something like under his breath or to him, like, Hey, I wish you had blocked that goal or something like that. Something along that line, but Caden took it as, um, that boy told me that I lost the game for us. Right. And he was really distraught about it. He felt like he let the team down. He was really distraught. 
So anyways, Ashley ends up telling the coach like, hey, you know, this is what happened. It just, it wasn't cool. Caden's pretty distraught about it. So he ends up getting back to this other child's parent. Dude, this is like parenting 101. This is like crazy to me. I'm, I'm so proud of everybody involved. So, so anyways, the coach, the coach tells, so the other parents end up calling us last night and they set up a call to discuss what happened. And to let us know that their son was super apologetic and that whatever, whatever. And it turns out Caden just took it out of context. He was emotional. All the kids were crying. It was just highly emotional. But the fact that the coaches, the parents, and the kids can all come together after the game when emotions calm down and say, hey, look, this is what happened. We were really sorry this came off this way. That was not the way it was intended. And put sportsmanship as number one. And that we as parents and them as parents can talk about how we could describe this as a learning lesson for our kids. Like what I told Caden as a learning lesson was, Hey man, I'm just letting you know in the future, like you, your words mean something. If you tell mom, this kid said this to you, that's different than saying, I wish you would have blocked it. Cause he said originally that the kid said you lost the game for us. There's a big difference between those two. Right. And so it was just a cool lesson in parenting that like when you surround yourself with good coaches and good parents, it leads to good sportsmanship for the kids because the kids are never going to be perfect. Neither the parents, neither the coaches. But if you all come together to try and raise the bar at a young age, I just think you're going to make superhumans in the future. And that was like a really good example of like how communication and collaboration, I think is only going to help us for next year because of that. There's so many, so many like valuable teaching opportunities in sports. So many, man. Dude, bro, I'll give you one last thing. So they lose the game. Every kid is crying. I mean, bro, just crying, right? And I'm just like, fuck, you know, like I felt so bad, right? Because there's nothing you could do about it. But I, I reflected on that. And I said to myself, like a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, that loss is going to mean more to them than if they had won because they won every single game going into that by like, by like a landslide. And then for them to lose, and it was a tough game. It was a good game. They're going to remember what that felt like, and they're going to not want that to happen again. They're going to put in the effort to help avoid that in the future. And it's it's hard in the moment to say that to a kid, but I do think you got to lose too. They won every game by like 10, and then to lose by two, it sucked. It's important, but it's important. You got to do it, man. That's you're why gonna win, you're not going to win all the time in, in, in the real world, man. And being able to deal with that and finding teachable moments on how to be a good teammate um, is is super important. Uh, you know, one of the biggest lessons that I learned, I, I obviously don't have stories with my kids yet with sports. I'm sure I will down the line, but, um, Shay at a a 11 months, isn't uh, going on the soccer field yet, dude, not yet, but it was funny. So we bought him like a whole bunch of like the same size, like these little sponge balls that are all the different sports. Right. So he's got like a volleyball, a a football, like everything. Right. And it's really funny because I like, I've noticed this and I asked Ariel, I was like, is it just me? And he like gravitates towards the basketball. I don't know if it's the color or whatever. We were joking around this morning. I was like, dude, you might want to pick a different ball. (laughs) I was just like, I hate to break this to you now. You're you're probably going to be five, eight. I don't think that's going to be it, dude. If he's five, eight, I'd be pumped because yeah. I'm five, six. So it was just funny. We were, we were cracking up this morning. Cause I was, I asked Ariel, I was like, is this just me or does he ignore all the other ones and just want to play with the basketball? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, Oh boy. Dude. I mean, but Hey, hey maybe he'll be like good point guard. Who knows? I'll tell you what you notice as the kids get older is that regardless, yes, genetics play a big role, 
hundred percent, like no doubt. And, um, your body type plays a big role, but the biggest thing I noticed, man, is you have some kids out there with God given talent that are just, dude, they are just, they are doing things that are so remarkable, but yet they just don't care. Like, it's so bizarre to me. Like you'll see a kid who's like fast as lightning or has such great something, but they just kind of, they just don't care. They just, they're unengaged. They don't like the sport. It's just, it's almost like a damn shame. But if they don't want to put in the work and if they don't love it, they're never going to be great at it. And it's it's hard because at this age now, you see it firsthand. You're just like, ah, I wish I could just like shake them. But you can't, you can only do what you can do, man. That's it. Yeah. I think that that's why it is always important. And this goes to something that I was, I forget why I was thinking about it yesterday, but I was thinking about it. But I think that that's why, you know, being in a team around, it's always going to be tough if you're like the best one. Because then I feel like there's very little motivation to try and elevate your game to be around everyone else. I think that there's so much value to be surrounded by a team that no matter how good you are, are just a little bit better than you, right? Because that like elevates you. Yeah. And it goes to that. What I was thinking about yesterday is I, I think I've also been very fortunate to always have been around like people that are, you know, like traditionally speaking, like more successful than me or, you know more athletic than me, like faster than me, like whatever, because I feel like I've always wanted to keep up. And I think that that served me really well. And I think that that's an important thing to do. It's an important thing to put yourself in a room where you're not the smartest guy in the room because, you know, that'll make you better versus trying to put yourself in situations where you're top dog and you're comfortable because, you know, then I think there's, it, it puts more on your shoulders to like be self-motivated to grow versus like just being around people that you're like, damn, like I got to level my shit up. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that you could also take it from different people in your life. We've talked about this a little bit, but like for me, I've been surrounded by a lot of very successful people in different ways mm. and you identify certain things and characteristics in each one that you draw from. And that's something that took me a while to realize because you'd look at these mentors growing up and you'd say, oh, they're like, for example, elliptical talk, Joe. Like, dude, I, I'm really fascinated by the way that he balances this, but maybe I don't love the way he does this, I, whatever. And I used to think like you'd have like one North star, but I think something that's been helpful for me is like, dude, there were some guys we used to work with at Western digital. So for those people that don't know, like in 2011 or 12, we signed a big deal with Western digital and it took us all over the world. I, we opened locations and gyms throughout Asia, all over the world for the next 10 years. We did that. It was great. And there was people on that journey at Western Digital that were very influential in terms of like their business knowledge, their acronym, their, their you know, I'd say leadership style skills. Um, but maybe in other areas, they weren't, you know, striving at the things that I wanted to do. And so what I tried to do was be like, hey, that's aspirational. There's something about that I'm really leaning on to. I want to be that, but I also want to be this. And I want to be this. And that's been helpful for me over the years. And that's evolved. You know, now I see... I see dads that are coming to the men's club workouts and I see aspirational aspects of that, that I want to, that I want to strive to, you know, cause I think we could all get better. Like, yeah. Last night, this dad comes over my house, grabs a bunch of sandbags, drives to Santa Cruz and fills them up for me. Just like, all right. You know, like, like that's, that's a cool attribute that I want to do more of, you know, just giving and, 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 and not asking for anything in return as an example. Yeah, man, there's always something you can learn and take away from from anyone at any time too. I think that it, that makes me think of like the other side of what we were just talking about. We're like, 
you don't always have to be surrounded by people that maybe like very obviously are, you know, there's something to learn from. I think that there's something you can learn and take away from literally anyone um, if you're, if, if you're open to it. Um, so that looking for those opportunities is important as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think the more people you meet, the more open-minded you become, the more you travel, the more you expose yourself. Mm. Like here I am, I'm 38. Right. And I thought I knew something when I was in my twenties, you know, I was already in business. You know, I opened the gym at 21. I'm, I'm interacting with all these people. And then before that, I was working the front desk. I was interacting with all these people and you think, you know, and all of a sudden you get older. You're like, dude, I don't know shit. And then now I'm just starting to figure out like, okay, I'm starting to understand that people come to things with different perspectives, different lenses. I need to be more aware of that. I need to have more compassion. I need to be, I also need to be more true to who I am and what I'm trying to strive for. And if people want to connect to that, they can, if they don't, that's fine too. I think the older you get, the less F's you give, but also the more you realize that like how humans are, if that makes sense. Like, like, dude, when you meet someone in their seventies, they have no F's to give about what you think about them. They are who they are and they're unapologetic about it. As you're young and as you get older, you become very apologetic, right? Because it's, it's an awkward time. And, um, I think I'm like in that middle phase of, uh, of where you're unapologetic, but you still want to, uh, make everybody happy. Eventually it's going to, it's going to, it'll find its balance, I guess. It's so funny how in your twenties, you like are convinced you have everything figured out, convinced you're like, dude, I got this fucking unlock. Then I feel like in your thirties, I feel like that's the decade where at least for me, like every year, month, week that passes, I'm like, I don't know anything. Yep. about anything like about training about nutrition about like being a dad about being a husband like man i need like it's going to take me a while to figure all this out and i think that that's healthy it's a healthy kind of evolution of like yeah, really yeah and humbling yourself to <clears throat> like the fact that like you just got to take this one lesson at a time big guy you know but it is funny because you think back and you know it's really funny is and and i'm 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 assuming people my age can relate to this. When you get memories on Back Facebook, yeah. dude, when you get memories on Facebook of like statuses that you've put up in the past, oh God, there's nothing more cringe than like reading something that you put out on the internet when you were like 24. Uh, just like the aura of like, Wait, I have everything example, figured out. What's, what's an example of your status from? Uh, I don't know. I, I I can't think of something specific. And even if I could, I wouldn't want to share it because it's so embarrassing. But like, you know, just, just the I'm gonna aura. I'm going to stalk Gabe's uh, Facebook and look up all of his old uh, status. Like, like literally just the vibe of like, I got it figured out. You know what I mean? Like, just like the, the, the not earned confidence, the like, um, is is something that is always funny because I don't know when it happened. I don't know if it happened when I was knew I was going to be a dad. I think it was just before that. But you really just figure out that you like don't have it figured out. And it's a little bit scary, but also I think important because that's when you start putting in the real work to start like actually growing and maturing and learning because you know that like, you know, it's going to take decades to like, you know, figure some stuff out. And then you're still not going to have it figured out, but that's okay. Yeah, dude, it is okay. I mean, I'm, I'm shit. I think we all are trying to figure it out. But this, uh, you know, what I'm I'm really looking forward to this Friday, for the first time, my the school gymnasium is giving us access for the men's club. So I will keep this podcast group noted. But if you live in the Bay Area, California, because I know some people from the gym listen to this podcast, you got to stay tuned for our men's club workouts 
at the kids gym because dude, I got sandbags. We're going to make this thing legit, Gabe, and not like overly crazy, but it's starting off with just sandbags and hard work, sandbags, music, hard work. That's it. That's what we're starting with on Friday. All you need. There's nothing else to do. So yeah, man, I, um, what, so are you, you're traveling, you're traveling in the next couple of weeks. I'm going down to San Diego tomorrow. That should be interesting. I think I'm going to try and get some together with uh, Chandler Smith and roll some jujitsu, but you're traveling the next couple of weeks. Is it wedding season at your age now? Cause at my age, bro, I gotta be honest with you, man. The wedding seasons have kind of ended. Like really? I, I, yeah. I kind of feel old about it because <laughs> there was a time in my life where it was wedding season. And now it's like, I haven't been to a wedding in years. Oh, that, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess, right. Like this is kind of the age with, you know, most friends being right around my age where, you know, it kind of happened. And then like wedding season in general tends to be, I guess, is it like fall and spring? I think so. Right. Like, is that like traditional wedding season? But we do have a lot of weddings coming up. And by a lot, I mean like two in a row. Dude, they're and the then best. they're the best. I don't, I don't, I, I'm a sucker for a solid wedding because the vibes are always right. I mean, if, if the vibes are wrong at a wedding, <laughs> have, you been to a, have you been to a wedding where the vibes are wrong? No, no. I've been very fortunate to not have been at a wedding where oh. the vibes are not right. Dude, I went to one wedding where the vibes were wrong. Oh, it was so awkward. <laughs> it was so oh, no. <laughs> Because the dad, the dad. How, how long ago was that? This was like, let's just say like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And the dad did not approve oh, of, the, of the husband. Oh, man, you you could cut the tension with like a knife, you know, because like the the bride and groom were trying to like vibe and have a good time and do their thing, but you could see like the dad. He was like, you know, into he, it. he was a Middle Eastern dad too, so like you know, he had his whole posse, his whole crew, and like all the crew was like, you know, they were thinking the same thing, like, no, this guy's not good. And sure enough, a couple years later, they ended up getting a divorce. So who who was right? I don't I don't judge. I don't know, but it it, it set the tone for that wedding for sure. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah. So we're going back to New York for a wedding. First time going back to New York with Shay, our son. So it'll be fun because we'll also have some time to see some New York friends and stuff and they'll get to meet him. That's always cool. Um, and then we have a wedding in Oklahoma City weekend after that. So Oklahoma City. Yeah. I have a cousin who just moved to Oklahoma and she's getting married. Huh. Yeah. Which brings me to Two yeah. very, two very, very distinct destinations. Um, both will be super fun though. Which brings you to another point, you know, like we, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago, but this is a really good example is this whole idea of um, providing. And I think that like, I, I'm really coming around to this idea and it's been, it's been like uh, floating around, but I think this is a really perfect example of it. So Ava tries out for a club volleyball team and she makes it. And I want to be able to provide her the opportunity to go play volleyball with other girls, make friends, learn how to win, learn how to lose. That's very important to me. It's a, it's a core value that I think will play well with her for the rest of her life. And so I go to go register her and it was $4,000, dude, $4,000 for club volleyball. Do you know how expensive club sports are? I had no idea. No, but I think I'm going to find out. <laughs> dude, I had no idea how expensive club sports were. And so if you're listening to this and you're a young dad, get your ass off the couch and go train so you can show up better at work so you can be, have more, more earned confidence, exude more energy, 
dominate the meeting rooms, say you could go ahead and get more money paid to you so you could thrive more. So you can go ahead and get a $4,000 bill for a club someday and be able to pay it. Simple as that, man. I mean, it, uh, it, it just like be... hit me. I was walking out of the room, dude. And I was like, they're like $4,000. I'm like, what? I was like, $4,000. I mean, that, that's a lot of money, dude. That's a lot of money for a club volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like the registration, right? Like that doesn't account for like, you know, that's well, not like. Well, so then I started to all the games, right? Whatnot. Well, so then I started doing the math on it and I started realizing like, it's not as expensive as I thought. And I was just being a dick in my mind because I was like, they need to rent out the facility. There's, there's 12 girls on the team. They need to rent out the facility. They need to pay a coach. And it's like for months. So I'm like, I calmed down afterwards, but when I, I had shocked, (laughs) I was shocked. Right. And it just like, it just was like, it was like Gabe was in my ear being like, that's why we need to train, protect, provide. And I'm just like, <laughs> good. <laughs> I heard you in my ear. I heard you in my ear. So I, I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Dude, but it's, it, it's super important to me, you know, and, and especially as you know, I've said this before, people always laugh. Um, you know, we, we want a big family and, you know, I hope that ends up becoming true, but even at this point, right. Like we're going to have to, and there's I never want Bitcoin tomorrow. Or gold. <laughs> or gold. Um, I never want something my kids want to do for me to be able and and that again, that doesn't mean that it's gonna be like an absolute yes to everything they just want to do. I think sports is one thing. I think that if anything, that's where I'm gonna be challenged as kind of a dad to make sure that it doesn't become because I can, uh, you know, carte blanche on like whatever they want to do, they can do. Um Cause I want them, you know, everything to have a purpose and for them to, you know, feel like they've, they've earned the opportunities and stuff that they get to do. But I always want to have the ability of saying yes. And that's super important to me. And that's going to, you know, now that they are young and they don't need, you know, maybe every second of my time and we're not doing weekend on sports, like requires a lot of work for me. And I'm, I'm more than happy to put that work in now because I know it's going to pay off big down the line. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to get to a point like it's just like, we talk about this train, protect, provide. And it's like, I think that can mean so many different things to different people. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, but it's even evolving for me <clears throat> as we talk about it more. Because as we started talking about it, I had a vision of what train, protect, provide meant to me, right? And it's evolved even over the last, you know, X amount of months to when there's a situation that comes up, and I feel like I'm providing, it reminds me that that's another reason why I want to go, you know, hit the gym hard. And there's a correlation for me between how I train in the gym and how I show up in other areas of my life. And that's just, that. that's ultimately what it comes down to. I think right now for me is like, if like with the fire example, pushing Kate and David out, that's one example of protect, but there's a bunch of others, but the provide thing and do like, our kids are going to want to play sports. Your kids are going to go do things and we want to be able to provide them the opportunities. And I think that's, that's why we need to stay fit and capable because when you look at a guy who stays fit and capable, you know what? We should do some analysis on this, Gabe. Cause I think you didn't, were you the one who said the average male, like each inch you get paid like a certain amount more? Were you the one who told me that? No, no, but I've, I've, I've read many similar things for sure. Okay. So anyways, it doesn't matter. Cause I think it goes without saying. When someone walks in the room, they have a presence and they look the part and they're acting the part. I imagine they're probably going to exude the confidence enough. That they're going to have more uplift in their company and be able to go provide more for their family. So 
Ava's volleyball just hit the mark for me. And I wanted to reiterate to the audience, like, dude, like six pack abs fires me up. Better blood markers fires me up. The mental clarity and like all the mindset and overcoming adversity, dude, that's like a game changer for sure. Be able to provide, be able to show up, protect. That's where it's at. And there's no better feeling to being able to provide, at least I don't think so. There's no more like, like fulfilling feeling to be able to do those things. You know, when, when Ariel, like we had that talk when she went back from maternity leave and she was like a month in and the writing was kind of on the wall, but when we finally sat down and she was like, like, I just, I don't want to work. Like I, I want to be mom. I want to spend, I, you know, we were looking for daycare at the time and every daycare here in Seguin had a waiting list. So we were kind of like trying to figure out the in Texas popping. <laughs> it literally is. Um, you know, we were trying to figure out like the logistics of all the calls she had to take for work because she was in telehealth and kind of figuring out the schedule and when can I be flexible, so on and so forth. And it was putting a lot of stress on her. And when she was like, you know, like, can we make it work for me not to go back to work? The fact that like I could say yes was one of the best feelings on the planet, period. Like just being able to like, again, if she ever wants to go back to work, if she ever wants to do something more, you know, full time than what she's doing now, which is like some nutrition coaching as schedule allows, we can absolutely do that too. But for her to have that ability, just dude, that fires me up. There's nothing more motivating for me to want to keep kicking ass than being able to like, no questions asked, like nothing really needs to change about quality of life or anything. We're good. Let's do it. Yeah, man. Better. That's it, dude. I want to also, I want to give a shout out real quick to Goruck for sending us a bunch of sandbags for the men's club on Friday. Cause we're going to be throwing down with a bunch of guys and dude, we got, we got some good gear, Gabe. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some pictures later because there's some gear that I have not been messing around with. And I'm excited to see how it works. Like, kettlebell sand kettlebells i saw those at the rogue invitational it's pretty cool though did you try them i i didn't try them but um you know all that stuff is stuff that i'm i'm really uh interested in and i'd actually love to try it because there's so many benefits to the fact that like you know stuff like that is just not as evenly weighted and there's a lot of benefit to that it's just odd objects are an awesome tool awesome awesome incredible tool i got super into sandbags when i hurt my back I haven't messed around with them as of late, but recently I've wanted to get back to it. So yeah, man, we got, we, so we got, we got sandbags, we got jerry cans and we got kettlebells. And I'm really interested on the kettlebells because I'm wondering if you could do like a double front rack lunge, double front rack squat, stuff like that. But here's the real kicker about sandbags. I think are so interesting is just how accessible rogue fitness and go ruck are making it to move like rogue and go ruck i think are single-handedly evolving the space like go ruck now along with rogue has a sled that fits in the back of a backpack like dude if if you're going anywhere and you want to pull a sled have you seen this game it's a sled that comes in two parts you have the bottom which is the metal and then you have a top screw piece you literally screwed on put a weight on it and now you have a sled behind you and it fits in the inner lining of a backpack so now you could have a ruck on and pulling a sled, getting in movement, crushing a ruck. Not to mention, you could be anywhere in the world. And I fill up my go ruck with, um, I used to use a garbage bag, fill it with sand, and then put it in my backpack. Right, That's what I used to do. 
But now I can just take with me an empty kettlebell, an empty whatever, and just bring it to the beach, fill it up. And now I got my external load. And like, I don't know, I just feel like they're, as the industry is evolving from what Greg Glassman originally started with CrossFit, and as the industry's really evolved, now you're getting more and more access, more and more tools if you look for it. There's really no excuse, man. You could be doing it anywhere. There's no excuse. No excuse. You don't need any equipment. You know, like equipment is great. An external load is great. But I think that like, if we're really talking about like, hey, moving your body, training, taking care of yourself, and you're busy, you got shit going on, all you have is 20 minutes and zero equipment, you can still fucking get it done. Like you absolutely can. Like all of these things that we talk about, like following one of the programs that we talk about, having access to a gym, even having like very simple, like sandbag kettlebells that again, you know, I think everyone can grab a pair, go grab some sand. You're not close to the beach, like Home Depot sand, very, very cheap. Yeah. But I think that like at the bare minimum, you can absolutely start taking a step in the right direction by going for some walks, running some sprints, doing some air squats, doing some pushups, whatever. Um, I think a lot of people put the standard of what it means to start working on their fitness just too high. Just start. That's all it is. Yeah, man. If you're not like, and if you're, if you're off the path, just get back on the path and don't let it get to zero. You know, like I've, I've been overcoming like this voice horse voice thing. And I, you know, there's always, there's always a reason why you don't want to train. I don't know how, how my voice has anything to do with me not training, but anyways, there's always a reason why you can say you don't want to do it. But you just got to remind yourself how it feels when you're done. And for me, I'm going to get back into really early mornings. So um, I found that sometimes my schedule gets a little bit busy with calls and I haven't been, I'm going to get back to like 5am workouts more than once or twice a week, because it really helps with not having any excuses to get after it. Most of the time I'll have jujitsu or something scheduled, but if I don't have anything scheduled, I want to start prioritizing it in the morning for my training, not to mention all the benefits for the rest of the day. Dude, this morning, literally right before this podcast. This is the time I usually train. So it's 9 a.m. Central is when we're going to record. We have to move our recording a little bit because we can't do Thursday. So I'm not going to be able to work out like at, during my usual time. But well, I had a little bit of time. Celebrate. Do you, is it because Texas doesn't have daylight savings time? No, we do. Because we're always two hours. Yeah. So it's 10 a.m. your time, right? Oh, well, no, no. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. was when we were going to record. Yeah, yes, it's almost 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, man, I haven't been doing the cold plunge as much just because like, I, I mean, Such I have been busy and it, it's just, dude, I don't care what people say. It's such a I, It doesn't matter how much you do it. It doesn't matter how often you do it. Doesn't like matter. I've been cold plunging for a really long time. Like probably before it like has become like super, super popular. I've been really into it. And it doesn't make it any easier, man. I Dude. swear it does not make it any easier. I hate that thing. I hate it so much. The feeling of getting in, the anxiety when I put my bathing suit on, because I know I'm going to get in, is so <laughs> brutal. And I saw the thermometer on it. Sometimes it gets colder. It, it was 36 degrees. And I was like, uh, but literally it was the perfect opportunity because I only had like 30 minutes before we were going to record. So I wasn't going to go train, but I was done like I was at a good breaking point in work. I ate breakfast, Ariel's coaching, Shay isn't home. He's with grandparents. So I was literally like, I have no excuse not to do this right now. And so I, I, I did it. And to your point, like you're never going to regret it. You're never going to regret getting that workout in, doing that hard thing, whatever. 
dude, it sucked. But the feeling once you get out, the accomplishment, like the fact that like you did it, um, you know, taking a quick warm shower before getting out, just everything about like having it done, dude, the day is already off to an awesome start because I did it. But God, it sucks. It sucks. It, you know, what I like about oh. the cold punch Friday, I, um, <clears throat> Friday I had to go pick up the kids or I had to go do something. And I was like, you know, those times where like your body almost feels anxious, like your body, like, it's almost like you're hangry, but you're not hangry. Your body is just feeling a little bit overwhelmed because maybe you're getting a lot of like external senses. Maybe you have certain pressures going on. There's something going on and you just feel like maybe it's an underlying just tone of like, you know, I feel a little bit of anxiousness. I, 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 I don't feel like I'm thriving at this very moment and I need to correct that. Is is Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but like there'll be times where I'll be like, I'm not thriving at this moment. I feel like my heart's a little bit elevated. I feel a little bit anxious. I feel like I have a little bit of stress. It's not the way I need to live. That's not the way I could show up. Normally, a good workout will help solve that. But if you don't have enough time, the cold plunge in three minutes, yes, at, I mean, I have mine at like 35 degrees because I just want to be colder than Gabe's, but uh, more like 55. I'm kidding. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the cold plunge serves that purpose, right? Because what'll happen is, and I talked about this on one of the Kafa Kleep is that you'll have this like stress layer and then all of a sudden you'll add in an acute stress. Like the acute stress is the cold. And that acute stress will then allow you to forget about this underlying stress you have. And then when you get out of it, the acute stress is gone, but so is the underlying stress and you just become like a happier human. And typically that comes from my jujitsu CrossFit, whatever, but the cold plunge plays a really valuable role there because like, dude, I don't care how stressed you are. You get in a cold plunge that's really cold and you sit there for five minutes and you get out feeling different. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what was going on. You absolutely come out feeling different and like amazing, honestly, amazing. Yeah. And then like, as your body warms back up, it, it's, it's the best feeling, dude. They say that like the, like endorphins or whatever released, like is supposed to equate to like, you know get getting some like crazy painkillers. I don't know if that's really true because I've never taken that stuff, but the feeling when you get out and as you're warming back up is fucking amazing. They equate it to painkillers? Yeah. Yeah. Because you get this rush of I'd have to look it up. I, I can send it to you. But um like the the stuff released, the hormones released, um are supposed to like equate like a pretty heavy dose acutely of some like pretty strong, like, you know, numbing, painkillering, you know, feeling good hormones. Okay. So if you're addicted to opioids, a option for you, that's no, no. like, probably not the, that's you, well, you should, we should be working on getting off that, but this has a similar effect to, I, I'd be curious who you're going to cite. Is it probably Huberman says? No, I mean, I just Googled it, but yeah, exposure to cold water triggers the release of hormones like adrenaline, epinephrine, noradrenaline. So it's just like you get this adrenaline rush and epinephrine rush that like, you know, is exactly what happens when, you know, you take some either feel good drug or it's just, it's a great natural way to release all of that stuff. For um, sure. Which is why you feel like a million bucks when you get out. You absolutely do. Anyone that's done it knows that feeling. And the thing is- I, I can't think of anything else that like equates to that because there's nothing else that does. Yeah. Yeah. Not even the sauna. Like 
I'm going to use no, this one today, but it doesn't do the same thing. No. Cause I think that nothing else is like as quick, right? Like literally it's three minutes, three minutes and you come out and you feel different. Like a sauna, you'd probably have to be in there like 15 minutes ish and you'll feel different. A workout, you definitely feel good. You get those like good feel hormones after getting a good workout in. But again, you're working out for a while. I think that a piece of it is the fact that like everything just happens so quick. Right. 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 hundred percent. Well, dude, if you guys haven't checked out the cold plunge, don't worry about it. Find one that works for you or just take a cold shower. That's a great entry point. Um, you know, obviously we, we encourage you to go look up which ones are available, but cold plunge, the company, by the way, shout out to those guys. They just came out with a new one where the actual chiller is built in to the actual cold plunge. So if you are going to get one, that one's unique because typically the chillers outside the unit, this one is now built inside, which is pretty cool. Or you could be like Gabe and just do it yourself and, and transfer a, a reach in freezer into a cold plunge. There's so many YouTube videos on it and it's honestly, it's dummy proof. Anyone can do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just make sure to unplug it before you get in. Right. That's what they say. I, I haven't heard a single story of something bad happening because the idea is that these things aren't meant for that, obviously, and it's just plugged into the wall. I think what would have to happen is you would have to be like plugged in, it would have to be leaking, and you would have to be somewhere where like the water is pooling and potentially, you know, hits the electric. But I think that if you're unplugging, you're fine. Yeah. Actually, no, if you're unplugging it, you're fine. Cause then there's no power. Then it's just like, you know, holding water. Yeah. I'd probably unplug it. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Well, on behalf of myself and Gabe Giannis, um, we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You know, we put out these long form podcasts on a regular basis. We also do short forms. So we do Q and a episodes on Wednesdays. We do cop for Klepa on Tuesday, or, excuse me, Mondays. And we drop these on Thursdays typically. So if you're enjoying these podcasts, simple ask, right? Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter that we are dropping a lot of great knowledge. We really appreciate hearing from you guys on those newsletters because you guys can also ask the Yeti question of the week, which you just respond back to the newsletter, give us some questions and we answer it for the upcoming you know cycle of uh, Yeti questions we're doing. So make sure you do that. And if you can leave us a rating and review on this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Always means a lot for us. Right, man. That's right. Um, really looking forward to the next batch of questions that we get in the Q and a episodes have been like really, really fun. Cause I love hearing from people and the actual questions that they have. So reply to the newsletter Q and a episodes. Um, those are a lot of fun. Let us know what your questions are. And then I, I was hoping to update on this episode because I was supposed to yesterday do my first. Plus you're pregnant again, right? Cause I was out of nowhere. You just said that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Not, what I did. Not yeah, yeah. Twins, are you? <laughs> no, um, I was supposed to do my first solo cross-country flight yesterday. Cross-country meaning just over 50 nautical miles. It just means that it would be in the first time that I would actually be flying like from one airport to another and back by myself, but it got canceled because um, of weather, which has actually been, it's been super challenging as of late because I can really only take flight lessons on weekends. So I'm limited to two days there already. Saturdays tend to be tougher. So I pretty much only can do on Sundays. And then Right now we're in fall, which means that there's like crazy storms and clouds all the time in Texas. Right. And so obviously if like I can only fly if there's like very chill winds and no clouds up to like, you know, 6,000 feet. So I have like plenty of room. Um, so it's been tough. It's been getting canceled a lot, but. Um, 
uh, I was, I was he, hoping because that's a big milestone he, in training. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So I, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I ever told you this. Um, we don't talk about it now too much, but I, I took a flight lesson in California when I was on one of the trips out there, I took a, a flight lesson in Palo Alto and it was cool. It was fun, but it's dude, it's so crowded. It's so crowded. There are so many people uh, taking flight lessons and all the flight schools are like jam packed. Like here, it's so nice because to give you an idea, I don't think I've ever seen more than four planes, like trying to land at once. So you're in the pattern. Do you like and, say what's up to him? Do you give him a shaka as you're like flying by or you don't get that close? No, you do not get that close. <laughs> that's that's like movies only. But um, when I was there, I took a class in in Palo Alto. Off, I, I forget the name of the airport, but a small airport in Palo Alto where apparently um, Mark uh, Zuckerberg is also taking flight lessons. And uh, I, I kid you not, we had to wait 40 minutes just like on the runway to have like a like an opening to take off. That's how crowded it was. It was just planes in and out. It was insane. I can't imagine getting my private pilot's license there because A, it would be so expensive because you pay for every minute that the plane is on. So oh. if you're like waiting on the ground for all this traffic, you're still renting the plane and you're not getting any real flight training. Um, so it, it was it was it was a cool experience to fly somewhere else, but um it's really, I'm, I'm really lucky where I am because it's like small and not crowded and that's never an issue. And honestly, weather is not an issue most of the year. It's just now that it's like, you know, thunderstorm season, it's a little tough. Bro, I'm telling you in Texas, it's just different. Like in California, if it's raining, it's raining. If it's sunny and sunny in Texas, no. it's like sunny. And then it comes from nowhere and it just comes in hot and then it goes away. And then it's, it's just, if I was in a small plane, and one of those thunderstorms, like at the Rogue Invitational came in, dude, I'd be shit my pants for sure. I'd be so scared. No, you, you'd be in trouble, but they don't like sneak up. Like, like you, you go through like very thorough, like there should be nothing in the area, like nothing even remotely close to getting there for you to go up. So, all right. Well, Hey, keep us posted when you get that intercontinental or inner, inner cross country, cross country flight. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Keep getting after it and uh, keep training hard.